Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Blake Rufino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. How are we doing? I'm doing pretty good. We, we actually have some football stuff to talk about, which feels really I'm weird. Like- the media day cycle has started, and I know it's a little bit of the same because it's going to be some expansion talk. It's going to be a little bit of OU Texas, but still these media days kicking off, Blake. It's getting me juiced up. It's getting me juiced up too. Look, the Big Twelve started today. I don't know. Do they end today? Like, is it? I, I think it's a couple of days. I, I think it's like the other conferences where it, it runs for a few days, and I think there's going to be some stuff uh, tomorrow as well. I do have some trivia for you right off the bat. What University Uh-oh. of Houston star won the Heisman? Now that Houston is in the Big Twelve. University of. Uh, what University of Houston quarterback? He was on the broadcast today, by the way. University of Houston quarterback. What what year? Uh, or what what decade? Roughly, was he nineties? Yes, he was nineties. I'm I'm stumped. Who is it? Andre Ware. Wait, he was. Oh my god! I don't know why that didn't. Why they didn't run the run and gun offense, baby? I I don't know why that didn't click. Damn it, man! I thought I was. I thought I knew my King, man. Look at CK. He knew. Be me to it. You should have just waited. Man, I'm terrible. Okay, well that was a good. That was a good. uh, That was a good trivia question. Okay, you want one more? Yeah, hit me with one. If you got one more, hit me with one more. The University of Alabama had a long and storied history. I'm not reading that because I don't like Alabama. What is the oldest program? I already did that one. Hold on. Oh, I got one. What NFL quarterback is Cousins with Falcons quarterback Michael Vick? NFL, like current NFL quarterback? Yeah, who were who were two who were two cousins that were starting quarterbacks in the NFL? He's a current quarterback. No, not current. Not current. Or he was. Yeah. Oh my god! You're not going to get with this one. This was really Who? tough. It's Aaron Brooks. Oh uh, no, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. All right. Guess so we do got a lot to talk about. So Big Twelve Media Day started today. Look, Brett Yormick made some very big um, statements. He told Oklahoma and Texas. <laughs> a lot of shit tossing. <laughs> he did not give a damn. No. And he's taking not only is he taking shots at Texas and Oklahoma on the way out, which we're going to get into, he also kind of took some shots at the landscape, saying like we're we're coming for you, we're coming for you. He very casually made comments about trying to seek more teams from other conferences. He did, he did, and you got to kind of love it. You got to kind of love it. Yeah. Um. So, by the way, Ed Orsron's in the news. Now, let me just say this. Okay. I've already got my text out to Orgeron. I've already texted him. Okay. I know where this is going to go. Okay. It happened last year with UNLV. Now, 
The difference with UNLV and Orgeron versus Northwestern is if Orgeron's offered the Northwestern head coaching job, he will take it. Really? Yeah, because he would probably get paid six, seven, eight million dollars a year for a minimum of three years. So then the money that he has running out at LSU, he can continue to prolong that. He's running out of money. Yeah. Yeah, no, his his buyout's probably gonna close yeah, up really He ain't got too much longer of a buyout. But nothing screams stop hazing more than Ed Orgeron. Oh, yeah. To get your culture right, Ed Orgeron is the guy that you bring into the locker room. I, I mean, even from his time at Ole Miss, what he did in his time at uh, as a defensive coach with USC, Miami, and then now obviously LSU, the guy is the culture king. He is get the locker room in shape. He doesn't put up with any shit. I, I, look, I well, laughed at it. First him. off, that was a sarcastic remark from me. Uh, he ain't. Oh. He is not the face you need to run out there after what? you had – why? I think he's. I think he's. Orgeron had a, a LSU. Well, LSU and Orgeron's exit was. But his exit was. He was letting blondes with big titties and their kids run out in football drills. He got lost in the sauce. That's boom, not. Boom, good. boom, 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 boom. My milkshake brings other boys to the yard. Hey, my guy, won home. my guy won a national championship. In, in his home state and he got lost in the sauce it, it, you know i get it i understand understand that but he's a disciplinarian i think that he he'd be the guy to bring in who has been a, an established coach at multiple programs to to get everything in line and clean clean things up you don't think so we'll see we'll see we, we might talk on that a little bit uh but one thing's for note if it's your first year watching college football the first coach that first couple coaches that are announced, did you see Tommy Reese was also a, the leading candidate to get the job? This How does he continue guy. to fail while progressing? I I, I don't know. It, it is one of the most miraculous achievements of any coach in the country that he consistently is brought up for openings that he is not qualified for. Very true. Very true. All right. And also the AJC's journal constitution, mm. George is clapping back. Joe, three weeks ago on this platform, I told you, or no, even more than that, we've said this a couple times, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution sucks. Yes. Like, it is a not a good place. I don't remember the reporter's name. I think it's Grum. But they didn't um, – Georgia did not issue their letter to the reporter and all of this. They issued it to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Mm -hmm. So, look – Joe, I would get it if these kids were out partying, getting arrested, they were fighting. That would be something different, right? These kids are getting tickets for traffic in incidents. Like, I mean, at what point do we kind of draw the line? Like, they're so bad of individuals, they're getting traffic tickets. Like, that's what we're worried about right now? Them getting traffic tickets? The young kid with a brand new car is driving it fast. Well, did he get arrested? Well, no, he got a ticket. Okay. It, it's kind of like one of those things where when somebody is so successful, you're just trying to find a way for them to fail. And and it's it's really strange that your hometown paper media well, it's not outlet town. It's not it's well it's sorry, original constitutions where Georgia Tech is. So it's yeah, a big yes. But right. a, the, one of the biggest media outlets in the state of Georgia, which it's there's the a biggest, lot of Georgia fans in well, Atlanta. The there's biggest, a lot. 
Well, it's the biggest media sports outlet in the Southeast. Yes. Not named ESPN, obviously. For them to take these, actually, I can't even call it shots. It's it's strange the way that they have handled themselves over the past year. It's really, really strange that they've attacked Georgia the way that they have. It is, but it's not the craziest thing I've read in the last 24 hours, which, by the way, did you – I texted you this, uh, mm-hmm. and if you haven't, I'll try to send the link to you. Joe, there's a Reddit post out there about rumors and college coaches. That, yes. Dude, last night, I I read damn near all of them. So all <laughs> of these college towns, all of these college kids, all of these college football fans – we're basically telling every crazy rumor from a head coach of their school. I have 10 of them, but I'll just give you one. Like Todd Grantham apparently was so upset and throwing punches when he was in the Hawaii airport because and called Hawaii a third world world country because they did not have diet Dr. Pepper. Don't get in between a man and his Dr. Pepper, Blake. That's the- <laughs> no, no, no. not Dr. Pepper. Diet, Dr. Diet. Sorry. Sorry. Diet, Dr. Pepper. I mean, if the man's willing to throw punches out on a recruiting trip in in an airport, then, I mean, we probably need to preface this. Probably 99% of this is not true. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I did. It's a But maybe the 1% is the one with Harbaugh, which we'll we'll talk about. Yes. Yes. I can fully see that one. All right. Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, thank you so much for joining us. Go follow us on our socials. So I've got good friends over at Bet Online. What do you want to do first? Atlanta Journal-Constitution, or you want to go around the Big 12? Let's go around the Big 12. All right, let's go around the Big 12. Talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. We're And even though Melvin Hills from Lafayette, Louisiana, just committed to the Longhorns as the show was going on, mm. you're still not back. Nope. Just, you're still not back. And I think it's a good preface a preface about the we're back, Joe, because we're going to go around the Big 12 media days. Listen, there are a couple things that was said by Brett Yormick today, the Big 12 commissioner, that I was like, Damn. Okay, he came out today and said that they have a TV rights deal with ESPN until 2031, which means we're not getting the Big Two Conference until 2031. He alluded to that they're not stopping with adding teams. 
I think that's going to be Oregon. And he took a massive couple shots there. And I've already told you what I thought about Colorado. Buddy, I know that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving and going to the SEC, but I don't think the Big 12 is going anywhere. Like, I, I really, really don't. You add in a Cincinnati market, you add in a Houston market, and if you could get an Oregon and Colorado, then you really add something. I would assume that Oregon State would follow uh, in that as well. So, good on him. But the biggest thing is him taking shots at Oklahoma and Texas. He mm. did not hold any weight. He talked about how they did not run the league and recruiting and saying, well, they don't run the league. I mean, everybody's doing good. And he's not wrong when it comes to Texas, Joe, because – TCU, Baylor, and Texas all have the same amount of Big 12 titles in the past couple of years. So he's not wrong there. What did you think of Big 12 media days? It, so I want to touch on that first as you as you bring it up. It, it's really strange, the dynamics of the Big 12, in the sense that the two biggest brands in the conference were not always the ones that were the most consistently successful. And No, they weren't. Oklahoma more than Texas lately, but in the past 10 years, it's been a lot of other different teams and they attract the most attention. They attract the biggest fan bases. That doesn't happen in any other conference. That, that just doesn't. It would be like if, if Mississippi state was, was, you know, consistently winning, winning the, the SEC. SEC West. R right. Which would, would feel really strange if that was happening. You know, the top right. teams in the SEC are consistently the ones with the biggest fan bases. The same thing could be said for the ACC with Clemson and Florida State. The same could be said for the Pac-12 with USC, Oregon, uh, those big fan bases. But for whatever reason, there's good parity in the conference. It's not going to hurt them. I don't, I don't think it's going to hurt them in terms of having successful teams on the field. Where it does hurt them is the amount of eyeballs that they need on a week-to-week -week basis to match the Texas and the Oklahoma fan bases. Part of me wonders maybe that's why they want to seek out. And he made a statement. He said that there is strength in numbers and that they might look to fill that 14 member number that they're at right now before the Sooners and Longhorns leave. So maybe they need to just go after more teams to fill that, that gap. Well, I do think that there are some eyeballs they can get. If Dion can get Colorado flipped, Okay, if Oregon with Dan Laney can continue to do some things, I think there's teams out there. Okay, mm -hmm. like I don't think that they're hurting. And I, I, I understand what you're saying in reference to eyeballs, right? Like, I get it, okay? Eyeballs mean nothing when those teams are getting their teeth kicked in, right? True. So if Oklahoma and Texas come in the ACC, SEC and get their teeth kicked in, the Big 12 might not look so bad. Right, like, because in retrospect, well, you were getting your ass kicked in the Big 12, too. I mean, Joe, we're a year away from TCU with a first-year head coach and Sonny Dykes getting to a national championship game before Brent Venables, Lincoln Riley, Tom Herman, and now, obviously, Steve Sarkeesian. Sonny Dykes was the first one to break through. Well, Sonny Dykes and the crew are back. And quite honestly, if this year goes the way that they, you know, I'm listening to the the big horn, uh, the big horn frog media over there, and and they're thinking that they're going to win the Big Twelve. They want retribution. They want to get back to there. Kansas State, okay, 
Joe, Kansas State is turning is returning over a thousand snaps, over a thousand snaps at one position. Oh, no, not a thousand snaps, over ten thousand snaps mm. at the offensive line. Ten thousand snaps along the offensive line. That's a big deal. What's gonna happen if Texas and Oklahoma, if either one of them can't win the Big 12? We think about them as a big brand. They are massive brands. Being a blue blood and being a good brand don't mean a damn thing when that ball gets kicked off. It doesn't matter. It legitimately doesn't matter. If Texas goes into week two and gets their teeth kicked in by Alabama, it's not going to matter. If they can't win the Big 12, it's not going to matter. I think that he's somewhat right here a little bit. It's the same shit that we do with the Dallas Cowboys every, every single year. year. And we talk so about him. We talk about him. That they're from Texas. Yes, exactly. My point is that it's like, oh my god, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to be so good this year. Is Dak going to be as good as he possibly can? And the the media cycle just churns and churns and churns. And it's the same thing with Oklahoma and with Texas because that they know that there is an attraction to those brands historically there are regions where football is a lifestyle it is not just uh, a sport that is observed like in other parts of the country but that's kind of what my whole point is where it's it's such a weird dynamic because they could go to the sec and they could be a very middling team that recruits well attracts players but does not cultivate success on the field and like, what's more valuable, you know, having a, a, a program where even if they win five games, they still have a high retention in viewership numbers or good programs that are going to show up and put out competitive, good football teams that aren't going to get their teeth kicked in and upset like that. That's the strange dynamic of it. That is the strange dynamic of it. And I agree with you, man. I just, you know, like if, God willing, Kansas State pulls through, right? You know, like if they pull through and win the Big 12, if Baylor and Dave Aranda find a way to get back to their competitive ways, okay, it's just going to be such a bad look on Texas and Oklahoma that they can't win their own conference. Now, I do think one of the two are going to do it. I do think that they're going to do that. But I'm not as bullish on Texas as everybody is. Mm. I'm really not, okay? I know they have good athletes. I know that they have a lot of good players. They have a lot of good athletes and a lot of good players a lot of years. The thing that people don't will forget, we're acting like Steve Sarkeesian was left a dumpster fire at Texas. He was not, okay? He was left some really good players, and he poo-pooed them, okay? B. John Robinson, Xavier Worthy, the dudes that he had on the offensive side, Quinn Ewers, I get it, but you should not be any less than 10 games winning 10 games. Like, it should not happen in the Big 12. And so I look at Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's a little different. They were absolutely decimated by the portal, right? They can't really control that. But I just have a feeling, can I, you know, what's going to happen, Joe, if we're sitting here in week seven and Kansas just took down Oklahoma? What are we, because it's, it could happen. It's possible. By the way, Jalen Daniels is a good football player. Did you see his chain, by the way? Yes. Yes. I I tweeted out that obnoxious uh, edit that I did, but I got to be honest. 
that was a little much. I know that everyone was freaking out it over that. That was a little, it was a little, that's a little much. That's, well, this is what I said. I wanted to change this like that so I could put my shows on it, like recap of my shows. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, hey, oh my God. you know what it looked like? Can I tell you what it looked like? I'm not trying to poo poo on the kid. It looked like he took out the center of a smartwatch. I was going to say, it looked like an Apple watch. It looked like an game. Apple watch, didn't it? I bet I bet that's what it is. I, I would be willing to bet that that's that's how that was manufactured. The other part well, of this, uh, this was five and one before he went down. They were beating up on crappy teams, but I I, I think that they go over five hundred again. I think the Jalen Jones. They were who were they beating? Player. Like game day was there? Who was the team that they were playing when game day was there? They lost TCU. They lost. Oh, to TCU. was TCU? Yeah, that was before the TCU hype. That was before, and then TCU well, won that TCU game. TCU was still undefeated. But if you remember, in that game, TCU was not leading until Jalen Daniels went down. Remember? Like, it was yeah. something crazy that happened. Yeah. And then they wind up losing after their quarterback goes down. I, regardless, and back to the, the the main point here, I don't think that – look, I think Texas loses. I think Oklahoma loses. Even if, by the grace of God, one of them gets to the playoffs, it'd be great for the SEC if one of those teams did going yes. into next year. It's not going to happen, in my opinion. I think that there are way too many good teams in the Big Ten, way too many good teams in the SEC, way too many good teams even in the Pac-12 right now. For, like, are, Joe, are you taking USC or Texas right now? If you, you had US, to US, kids, USC. Okay, as are you taking thing. Oregon or are you taking Texas? I'm taking Oregon. We saw what happened with Washington and Texas a year ago. Are you going to take – Oregon or Oklahoma. I kind of want to tend to lean Oregon. Yes. So the Big 12, quite honestly, they haven't gotten anything from Texas in the last 10 years any damn way. So what is, I mean, I get that it's a big marketing and branding that they're, like, I'm not trying to take away, I am not trying to take away that Texas is a big deal Oklahoma is a big deal going into the SEC, the two biggest brands in the conference. I get it. However, let's not act like one of those teams in Texas has been worth a damn in football enough in the last 10 years for you to just go out here and say, oh, well, the Big 12's in trouble. Says who? These other teams were out there kicking their ass anyway. No, nah, yeah, that's my whole point. I, I really don't think that they're going to be missed, as, as your mark is talking about here. They haven't shown up. They've recruited fine. They've brought in some talented players, but none of those guys have developed. I, I do want to hit on Blake the the comments that he made about expanding to fourteen yeah. and getting more teams here. I don't yeah. know if we can necessarily pinpoint what the ceiling is for the amount of teams that they go after, but we we've talked about this a lot. Like we've talked about this a ton of what direction can they go in if they do expand further. There's so many different teams that are out there. But I actually think that unlike what we thought a couple of years ago when the news broke that Texas and Oklahoma were leaving, everyone was freaking out and said, does the Big 12 fall apart? Does it crumble? I think that they're one of the best positioned conferences right now in the country. Not saying that they're ahead of the SEC. I'm not saying they're ahead of the Big 10. I place them ahead of the ACC in the Pac-12 for the direction that they're going in. I would agree. Now, listen, you got to be careful when a commissioner talks. This is something I learned a long time ago. Yeah, You got to be careful when a commissioner talks because you come off this high, you're ready for football to happen. You got to really listen to what he's saying. 
I it's great he's got a TV deal to 2031. ACC's got one until 2036. So, <laughs> remember, because Florida State wanted to leave, and they owed, what was it, like 100 and something million, close to 100 million if they left? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay? I get what you're saying. They do feel like that they are doing things. Now, one thing that I will say that I, I do think is interesting is that, number one, they haven't laid down and rolled over and shown their belly. Right, they haven't rolled over like a dog. They're doing this ESPN Deportes. They're doing this ESPN to Me- or ESPN and Big Twelve to Mexico. They're doing a lot. ESPN's doing a lot of things in Mexico and other places with them in basketball. That's why, again, I'll just continue to say it. I don't think you go to a Big Two, but it is good. Look, you have a very large Spanish um, culture in a lot of these areas, right? And so. I think it could bode well. You know, if if let me just like if um if UTEP and Baylor went to Mexico City and played a football game like Kansas City and what was it, the Raiders? Wasn't it mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders? Yes. Yeah, and that yeah. place was sold out. Yeah. Okay. If you can sell out a hundred thousand seat stadium. Well, Joe, I, I don't think it's that bad of a deal. I think that they may actually might work for them, and it's a whole nother viewing market. I just, I think the Big Twelve, Big Twelve is going to be okay. I don't have any faith in Texas to that they're leaving. That it's a big deal. Now that could just be me, but who knows? Who do you have? We done the Big Twelve recap yet? We we did. We did that preview, and I picked Kansas State. Who's who? I think is and I picked out. Oklahoma. I want to say yes. I don't remember exactly. I don't remember who I picked either. You might I not have given a pick in Kansas State. Yeah. I don't think I formally picked anybody. I don't think you did. I, so who would you pick? I, I think I, I, if memory serves me correctly, I came out here and said I don't trust anybody, any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember we talked about Cincinnati and Houston. Could yes. Cincinnati and Houston go in there? And I said, hell no. Cincinnati just lost their coach and they got depleted by the portal. Uh, who would I pick? I still like Oklahoma, though, in this, Joe. I, I mean, I, I think they got a lot of talent. Uh, one team I'm not picking is Iowa State. Uh, I will tell you that right now. You know, here's an hater. Well, <laughs> here's an interesting thought. How does Dave Aranda bounce back? How does the Aranda man bounce back? I don't. I don't know if there really is a path to bouncing back. I feel like the ceiling for Baylor, like they can have these big years, but you need like a premier player to lead things. And like, is, is Blake shaping the guy that's that's going to lead them? I, I I think they're going to be a well-coached team, but nine wins is accomplishable. Well, if they get to nine wins, they could win it because they did it a couple years ago. Now the yeah. question would be, is that they did it with LSU. I mean, not LSU. They did it with um, Matt Rule's players. And yes. so that is a big question mark that he's going to have to answer. Dave Aran is a really good coach. He's not a good recruiter. He never has been. The only way that he can sustain is if he really starts recruiting at a better level. Uh, we will wait and see on that. You know what I did think is a little bit interesting? Mm-hmm. And speaking of these live teams, bro, did you know that Vanderbilt is out recruiting 
most of two thirds of the Big Twelve right now. Did you did you get to? Wait, are you talking about like in their current twenty twenty four? Yeah, in the current in the current. So stay with me. Do you know uh-huh. that there's a chance in the next two or three years that those teams in the Big Twelve could easily get beat by Vandy? I don't know if I. No, put they're much they're knocking on the door. No, they're well, they're knocking on the door of a top twenty five class. They're knocking on the door of a top twenty five class. Is okay, but. Is that actually going to be sustained? Like, is that something that, that Clark Lee's there? It might. Where Dude, is recruiting their asses off? I think they're like thirty third right now, and they have a couple of recruits that are about to pop. They have two four stars. They have nineteen three stars. I but, know. I, I've always said that with a program like Vanderbilt, you got to those see- kids like that and develop. You got to get a shit ton of three stars, and you need a couple of them to, to to really develop and shine. But I don't know if, yeah, sure they can. They're going to out recruit Kansas and Iowa State. There's no reason and why they should be out recruiting Cincinnati, Baylor, and Houston. That's that's true. There's Houston no reason why they up. should be recruiting out recruiting UCF. There's no no, reason- no wait, wait wait they're not out recruiting UCF right now. That's not true. UCF has been more. UCF's been one of the hottest teams over the past month with some of the recruits that they've pulled. I think well, they're higher ranked UCF right now. Uh, they're 46, but they have so wait, 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 but they have 12 kids committed compared to it doesn't the matter. That's a part of it. No, but a lot of the times though, these rankings, I, I don't put a lot of stock in because there's a reason why I don't put a lot of stock into the July rankings. Because my dumbass was hyped up about Notre Dame last year, and we were number one, and look where we finished. That's a little different. That's no, I think it's the same. Academic schools getting kids committed, and then someone comes in and offers them money, and then they decommit. Uh, -uh. you're talking about a top ten class. We're talking about like generalities of recruiting. But I I think there's a good chance that a lot of those, not a lot of them, (laughs) some of those kids are going to get plucked. Like some of those, they almost got a kid in Kamari and Pimpton that might be the next Kyle Pitts. Kid went to LSU. Like, legitimately, 36 on the ACT, dude was like a mega, mega star book dude, okay? He's 6'6", 240. Just throwing it out there. I will say this, though, before we do turn the page. I do think that UCF can do some damage. I feel like that hasn't been talked about a lot, and I don't know if it'll get brought up (sighs) tomorrow. But, man, they are regionally in such a good spot. I know I shat on them talking about their – the problem, though, Joe, is there's so many teams in Florida. They've, and been, then, they've by the had way, more success in the past decade. Well, than and by the way, have. Georgia's mm-hmm. going in there and plucking dudes. Alabama's going in there and plucking dudes. LSU's sure. going in there and plucking dudes. That's a good point. When when a team – here's – from a let me just say this from a recruiting aspect. Mm-hmm. When teams are transferring conferences – but you know what? I just had a thought. How can teams transfer conferences, but te- but people and coaches are mad when players are transferring? It's a good point. It's a really good existential point. But at the same time, there's a you know it takes a couple of years. You can't just immediately do it. Well, I'm just it, saying you went out and got two schools, and you mad and people get mad that Eli Ricks went to Bama, which I I get from an LSU standpoint, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
just interesting. It all, yeah, it all, it all wraps into the, the but, anti-transfer portal conversation. Correct. But you know what's interesting? If UCF starts doing things, that means they got to take recruits from somebody else. There's a lot of kids in Florida. I think they could not, not high quality some. ones. You don't there's think there's a lot of good, good recruits? Their fair share, Florida, dude. I I got to get Billy this man. I, I I told you this. How many times have I told you this? I I got the text man. Billy out there recruiting. Billy might get his yeah. ass whipped on the field, but my man's out there recruiting. Okay. Look, if they give him enough time, he's going to have guys. He's going to have dudes. Just got to give him enough time. Right. All right. You want to get to this Atlanta? Speaking of, yes. you know, SCEs, you want to get this Atlanta Journal-Constitution bit? Yeah. Do you want to give everybody, if they have not seen it, kind of a rundown of what happened here? I mean, don't give the gory specific details. Yes, yes. They can yes. read it for themselves. But just so – Tell everybody what's going on. So the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, one of the bigger publications in the Southeast, has been very negatively covering Georgia athletics and more specifically their off-the-field antics. There's been a lot of guys that have been getting in trouble with speeding and other dumb things that kids get in trouble with and it gets reported on because this is a two-time national championship winning team in the past two years. But recently there was a very scathing article that was written by one of their reporters and it was alleging and talking about how there were 11 players who were recently accused of uh, violence towards women and other very serious crimes. There has been significant blowback from the Georgia football program. It's players, current and former and they have released a statement that they are demanding a retraction of the information that was put out there by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And right. what was stated in you know the, the quote from the article that I read, that it contains reckless disregard for the truth and its imposition of a damaging narrative unsupported by the facts. So they are threatening and claiming well, and Joe, that, that it's defamation. Well, that statement right there, that comes from Kirby. Yes, like yes. that's not that's not the AD doing that. That's Kirby doing that right there. Like, yes. hey, bro. Basically, all right. Thank you for giving us that recap. What's your opinion on that though? Before I say my piece, what do you think about that? I, I know that there's two sides to every single situation, and it it's can be juxtaposed with what happened with the Pat Fitzgerald thing, where there are some people going out there saying like, oh, the the media improperly represented the this, this situation without getting all the facts. There was a lot of mounting evidence that was out there and enough proof that it, that was the right decision. Instead, we're sitting here and we're talking about an article that sits behind a paywall that I can't even read that is making very, very damaging statements about young individuals that are in their early 20s. Pat Fitzgerald has been around for a long time, and I don't mean to tie these two things together, but there are damaging, damaging accusations without stating the names of the players, accusing the program of, of doing really just terrible things. And that, to me, is just reckless, terrible journalism. They've done this the whole, the whole freaking offseason. They have made inappropriate accusations against this Georgia program. And it's, it, it's fucked up. 
It's so unbelievably Hey-o! fucked up. I, it, it's ridiculous. It, this Can stuff. We say that on Fubo TV. You got a couple. I mean, Coach JB's on Fubo. Let's let's be honest. Oh, well, we <laughs> every other word, you know. He has to get bleeped a couple by times. The way, but, by the way, yes. By the way, I've never seen a worse take by a human being <laughs> than somebody saying that Patrick Mahomes is overrated. He says it as every show. Every show he gets a, a shot. That at- is the worst. And I'm talking about outright worst comments hey. ever. He, he's saying it because, Joe, he's not making the right reads. He's not wrong. He doesn't make the right reads. It doesn't matter. He makes doesn't the matter regardless. Okay. But this is the whole point. It pisses me off when there is a clear bias by the writer that is making these statements. And – Part of what was talked about in the article that I read was that they were refusing, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was refusing to cooperate and give and say, these are the people that we know have done, you know, said the, said actions. Mm-hmm. They, they refused. There was a refusal of cooperation, which to me is telling of, of them being biased. All right. <clears throat> the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is the worst publication in the Southeast. It's not close. It's not OutKick. It's not USA Today. It's not any of them. It's not, you know, it is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Now, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, though, is big boy reporting, right? Like, it's, it's big boy stuff. Like, when you go there as a writer, you're a writer's writer. Now, they tend to be a little bit more politically left-leaning, Okay. And I'm not going to tie the politics into this. Okay. But they're in Atlanta with a lot of Republicans and Democrats. Okay. That the mainstay university is Georgia Tech. Yeah. I'm just telling you. So I'm not saying that there's a bias here. And I'm not saying that there's actually bad reporting. Joe, if a kid got pulled over a kid got pulled over there is a police report out there allegedly per him okay and somewhat here's the thing that kind of confirmed it though for me that something did go down in that letter you just read it said the following words those actions were grossly uh uh what was the word they used misrepresented misrepresented why didn't you just say they were false? Why didn't you just come out and say that your story is false instead of grossly mis, uh, misrepresented? There could have been other ways that they did sa- that they would have said that those actions, like so far allegedly, okay, mm-hmm. allegedly, let's just say that they would have sa- that Georgia would have said this has been proven to be untrue and the players have been cleared at this time. Well, Georgia would have come out and said, hey, that, sh- that ish didn't happen. They didn't say that, though. So I ju- even though to the naked eye, to the public who does not have a law degree or hasn't been in, in law like yes. daddy, okay? Yes. That statement to me says, hey, dog, we about to get this shit swept under the rug. It did not happen the way you said it happened, but we're admitting to you that it did happen. 
Those are the politics behind that article and, and behind the letter to Georgia that I get. Now, in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's reporting, why do you have to continue to talk about every single player that's getting pulled over and gets a traffic ticket? What? Right. Why are you reporting on every single player that gets a traffic ticket? Well, the argument that they're using is because Jalen Carter and the racing and someone died. That has nothing to do with what, what is Kirby telling his players? What, 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 what does he think Kirby's telling his players? Hey, guys, go out there and get speed tickets. Go out there and drag race. What, what do you think he's saying? Joe, I will tell you, in just the small area that I live in, me personally, now it's a bigger area, okay, and I and I get that. The sheriff's office makes 2.5 million calls for service a year. What do you think Athens PD does? Mm. So I just want to let it be known, there are a lot of people out there getting arrested because a town like Athens makes money off of traffic tickets. Just how most big cities run. That's how they make a lot of their money. Barring, you know, Atlanta that doesn't really matter. They don't pull people over because they don't have the time. I'm just letting you know there is something going on here. Something happened. And I started thinking about this. Do you remember when Dan Lanning was going to be the head coach and they were in the playoffs in that first year? Yes. Do you remember how that went down, like the, the moves of it? Vaguely. Vaguely. Remember the Atlanta Journal? Con- so this same guy, okay, mm-hmm. m- broke the news on the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that Dan Lanning was going to Oregon. Well, it would have appeared, and Georgia did come out and say this, that those that, that article was false. Three minutes or 30 minutes later, Pete Thamel comes out and says, Dan Lanning's heading to Oregon. So we've seen Georgia tell the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that they're wrong before, and it got slapped back in their face. All I'm saying is, is that I think that this, hear me out. I think this is a retaliation by this reporter to Kirby Smart in Georgia and I think he did fabricate some things in that in in, in that letter, and it, that's behind a paywall. I also believe, though, that everybody involved knows that something went on. Now I know that that's a lot to di- unpack, but I don't think that the guy is out there lying completely. Because, for example, and last thing, remember the Kayshawn Booty rumor that we talked about a lot on the show? Yes, he was having sex with a. Yes. So it happened. Allegedly. Yes. Nobody could prove it. Yes. That's my whole point, though. The, the thing that you brought up there at the end is, and I actually didn't know about that part. There is clearly some type of a grudge between the reporter and the university. I think that it stems from when Dan Lanning got, what got hired at Oregon and they came out and said, that ain't true. And the guy came back and clapped back and said, yeah, it is. And then Pete Thamel has got to be peacemaker, okay, and say, 
hey guys, I'm just gonna end it all here. Okay, let's not fight. He's going to Oregon. And then all of a sudden, everything going on with Georgia coaching-wise, you know it's going through Pete Thamel. It used to go through Ross Dellinger. So yeah. in my our business, the media business, well, why is Pete Thamel up at Georgia every goddamn time he can get? He plays ball. He plays ball. But like that's my whole point is that this is this is so unprofessional. You know, this isn't it's like he's it trying is. to play gotcha with every damn thing that is associated and brought up with the Georgia program. And what you talked about earlier, how one of the statements in there is that the, there was a misrepresentation of the police reports that were involved with the, with everything that's come up this off season. Yes. It is Georgia saying we didn't, it's, it's not false. We're admitting that something did happen, but there's still the negative side of this where he is con- misconstruing everything that went down. He is manipulating the words to Correct. make it seem like it is worse than it actually is. And the thing that does get tough, and you brought up the, the Keishon Butte stuff, like we, don't, we can't know for absolute certain because a lot of this stuff is alleged. And I think that that is where I still stand on the side of Georgia is that unless there have been actual charges pressed, Unless there has actually been some of these guys have been processed and there have been actual charges filed. How can you sit here and try to produce an article that illustrates some level of institutional lack of control? How can you well, do that? He does, all not have, he does not have a lack of institutional control. I mean, right. he, he doesn't. I mean, guys, they just went out there and won an Addy. You know who's got a lack of institutional control? Northwestern. That's a lack of control. That's a lack of institutional control right there. That That's what it looks like. Joe, I'm not worried about an 18-year-old kid who threw NIL, got a brand-new car because everybody's winning natties and everybody's floating in cash, and he's got a Hellcat, and the kid has the shift gears on the, on the dash, and he's just, you know, he's speeding, and they're like, Oh, he went eighty-five in a in a in a sixty-two or sixty-five. Okay, well, sounds sounds good. I, I really don't give a shit, but I do admit that it you can't you got to take it for what it's actually saying because if he's telling the, I mean, Joe, I believe him that there's a police report. Like, I believe that there was a police report, but you got to calm down and. I do think in closing on this, I do think Georgia's going to win here because there's too many, too much positivity going around Kirby Smart in Georgia. Them boosters going to find a way to get this to be shut up. Well, the other thing too here is that the worst thing you can do is accuse a media outlet of defamation. It's the worst. They didn't press charges, but to accuse is one of the most terrible things that you can do to a journalist. Because there's no recovering from it. He needs to, to retract any statement that he had. Unless, unless he wants to come forward with the proof that apparently was not fully available that was halfly put into the article that he, he produced. Right. I, I look, all I'm saying, and like you're talking about, this stuff happens at every program. It's just getting overly reported on by one guy at the biggest program in the country right now. Kids get pulled over on, prog- on football teams for speeding. They get arrested for DUIs. And it does not make national news. It happens on every single team. Well, and it happens every, single, every single person in every single place every single day. 
Joe, I had a roommate. I've told this story on this platform before. He was black. I was in the front seat with him. He didn't do nothing. I mean, I hate to say it like this, but he was driving while black. You know, but that was what happened. Yeah. I mean, loved the dude. Lived with him for God knows how long. Okay? Have been with him. I mean, because, Joe, I mean, when you when you live with a roommate, when you live with somebody that's your teammate, yeah, we're seeing them all the live long day. You argue about dishes. You argue about bills if you live off campus. Like, you really become more than friends at that point. The guys that I made, and people don't get that. You know, like, people that have never really lived with a roommate before, they don't get that. Joe, I live with five dudes in one apartment complex. Five. We had three dudes that lived upstairs. Actually, four dudes that lived upstairs because we had bunk beds. Okay? And we had one of the guys that lived downstairs. The apartment complex was St. Tropez and Hammond. Five dudes in there, bro. Actually, six. Just saying. It's nuts, but it was a massive. The apartment was kind of almost like my house, house now. It was a massive apartment. Yeah, it was like 27, no, probably like 2,000 square foot. That's a massive apartment for a bunch of dudes. That's too many football players in one house. Dude, I could tell I know y'all got into some shit. I know y'all got into some shit. <laughs> Dude, and we were walking distance from the bars. Oh, my God. Dude. I could talk about and so listen to this. This is the spookiest shit of all time. We lived across the street from a cemetery. Okay. And everybody lived around us. I mean, Southeast mm-hmm. has got like 15, 16, 17,000 students, whatever it is. Everybody walked downtown to the bar. Okay. Man, I've seen dudes get kicked in the head like Conor McGregor was doing it. I've seen girls like being put in trash cans by other girls. The walk oh is what we called it. The walk. <laughs> and whenever you uh, go down in the walk, shit goes down there, man. Just letting you know. That's fuck that's fantastic. We didn't have that at Rhode Island. Well, and everything's but everything stopped because three kids got killed. Drunk driver was driving down a road that everybody knows that you're not supposed to drive down at night because of the college students, and he hit three people. Lose terrible. God bless it. All right. So very quickly, we got to get to this last. Are you ready? So yesterday, the great website known as Reddit came. Somebody posted in there. What is the best rumors you've heard of your coach, your head coach at your school ever? And Joe, I stayed on that damn thing for over two hours reading every stop <laughs> i could not get enough i felt like i was watching a movie i got a list of 10 here but i kind of want to go back and forth some that you liked but allegedly former kansas head coach mark mangino couldn't wipe his own arse so he used to have to use bath towels and would leave them around the locker room so assistant coaches had to pick them up and throw them the, away. Uh, that's so specific like <laughs> It's so detailed. I, I I would believe it, but I don't think that's true. I because that's just like a oh, big well, fat. The dude, like, the, uh, the, dude, the dude in the in the uh, article, the rumor, he uh-huh. said that he would go back and forth like he was flossing his asshole. Yeah, that that come on, that's not 
there's no way that that's true. By the way, random side note that I want to throw in there. Oh some people don't God, realize. Dude. Could you some imagine people... Mangino just in there flossing his mouth? <laughs> this is why I don't think it's true. You see, that's why I, I don't know. think it's true. I know. Uh, Go ahead. What, were, what did you say? I, all I was going to say, though, is that some people don't know this, but for I don't know if it's for big programs. It's mostly for FCS programs. But when you travel – on the road, the locker rooms that they put you in are so small. And sometimes so it happens small. in these. You have to then shower with your coaching staff, which I have to say must have been might have been one of the weirdest experiences having to do that because it's like you could do it with your teammates, but then when you're on the it, it, like your head coach is right next to you, your O line coach is next to you. It's like this is weird. Like this is not. <laughs> See, I always, I never understood that. I never mm. understood why coaches would shower in the locker room with the players. After like, a game, dog, I kind of get it. Uh, dog, you can go back to your part. Like, you don't have to really shower, bro. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but you can change some clothes. You ain't got to come up in there. Like, I'll never the guys, that. man. Yeah. <laughs> guys, right, you, want a couple, you want a couple more of these before we yeah, get yeah, out yeah. So mine that I really liked was the story that was brought up. Uh, and then there's a really in-depth story. And somebody, I, I pulled the excerpt, but the, there's a long story uh, in full detail that Jim Harbaugh was out with his, his brother, uh, John Harbaugh, out at a bar. And he had uh, gone outside with, with a couple of girls. And instead of just throwing the ball around like a normal you know, a, adult male and, and being fun and playful, he was such a tryhard and was fully like full speed ripping the ball at these girls was trying to coach them up on a proud to properly catch it. The excerpt that is described is that none of them could catch the ball and he was just throwing it as hard as he could. That to me epitomizes Jim Harbaugh. I did get to meet him once and he does give off this type of energy where he's just such a hard ass. I, I just got such a kick out of that. Do you believe it's true? That one I can get behind. That one that one is really specific. That one I totally can get behind. Yes, son. Ben wants to know if he can tell everybody Bob before the show. Sure, Do you allow this? Yeah, I allow it. It's up to you. All right, you've been banging on the door for five minutes, dude. What happened? Who was that? What happened? <laughs> Come here. Tell everybody what happened. Why are you crying? What? Well, you you gotta go poo poo on the potty, buddy. <laughs> what? Well, you you gotta go. You gotta go let mommy do it. Daddy's on a show. Go. Okay. This did not go the way that I expected it was going. <laughs> we can end the show early. Uh, okay, tell everybody bye, dude. All right, we'll see y'all on Saturday. Saturday, we'll be back. All right, somebody's got to go poo. <laughs> oh man! All right, hell of a way to show. Great. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Or see y'all Saturday, knuckleheads. Peace. Peace. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.